It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Welcome once again to the Estate Planning Essentials Program, incessantly devoted to protecting your family, your assets, and you. And I'm virtually sitting with Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hello, Don. How are you doing? I am fine. You notice I snuck in the word virtually, which has been my middle name and your middle name with this program for almost seven months now because we can't sit together. We have to do this still over the telephone, which is second best and kind of makeshift, but we still don't have any choice at this point. Yes, I can't wait until the days are coming when we're not doing things virtually again, but we're still staying safe, and uh, I hope you all appreciate that, and we look forward to those days, uh, uh, hoping that they'll come very soon. Yeah, I agree completely. We're, we're stuck with doing the program from a distance. Also, the workshops, Mike, are done virtually or online, and uh, can you talk a little bit about those? Oh, yeah, well... For those who don't know, we have a, a workshop every couple of weeks on estate planning essentials, and we just ask people what they want to know about estate planning, whatever their questions might be, about whether it be estate planning or Medicaid or veterans benefits or, uh, you know, sometimes people have special needs trust questions. It could be any number of things. It could be tax issues, what do we expect with the upcoming elections. It could be any type of things that regarding estate planning, uh, that you may want to know about, so you ask people what they want to know. It's it's it's, it's whatever be whatever anyone wants to know about state plan. It's not necessarily a planned uh, uh, talking head type workshop or seminar. We call it a workshop, not a seminar, because we try to find out it's what you want to know and it's interact. Excellent. Well, he's been doing these for many many years. Unfortunately, they have to be done online, where you just um, go to a, a, a service like Zoom, but it's just video conferencing, and it's two clicks, and you're there at the workshop virtually. So the next one is Saturday, October the 10th at 10 o'clock. Um, if you want to sign up for that free Estate Planning Essentials workshop, just go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or dial 214-720-0102, 214 Seven two zero zero one zero two. We'll talk about the workshop a little bit later in the program today. Uh, for this program, we want to talk today about extra things regarding financial power of attorney, and it requires more than just a form. So, Michael, if you would, for the audience and me and producer Jennifer, would you first explain to the world what a power of attorney is, because I think a lot of people don't know what that is, financial power of attorney, and why there's so much more to it than just the form itself. Yeah, maybe one of the most important estate planning documents that you might have is a financial power of attorney or a stat. A lot of times people refer to things like statutory durable powers of attorney or Mm -hmm. just durable powers of attorney. There are different types of powers of attorney. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are medical powers of attorney. You could have the power of attorney be limited or it could be general. 
So what does that mean in English, I guess? So you have a power of attorney that deals with medical decisions only if you cannot make decisions for yourself. But you could also have a power of attorney that deals with your assets or to deal with contracts and things like that if you'd like. It could be limited. Uh, you could say you can only – this person who I point as my agent can only deal with my oh, investment accounts or my real estate. Or it could be broad. It could cover uh, their statutory language. It covers like, oh, gosh, uh, 10 or 15 different topics like real property transactions personal property transactions, stock and bond transactions, you know, dealing with claims, litigation, personal and family, uh, you know, maintenance type things, and sometimes dealing with benefits from Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, uh, retirement plan transactions, tax matters, digital assets, uh, lots of different things that are even in the statutory. So there's, there is a, uh, a form, as you call it, it is a statutory form, but even the statutory form uh, doesn't cover everything. Uh, there's lots of extra things. So a, fi- a financial or a durable power of attorney, why do I say durable? It means it's good during disability. It's durable even during your disability. So if you lack mental capacity, uh, it would be good, uh, notwithstanding the fact that you're disabled. If you don't have the word durable in there that's good during your disability, well, that kind of defeats the purpose because the whole idea, usually what people want is for somebody else to take care of matters for you if you can uh, not do it for yourself. However, I should mention that notwithstanding that, we usually recommend most in most situations that we recommend uh, that it be effective immediately. So under mm-hmm. Texas law, you could have a power of attorney. You can make it, you have a choice. You can have the power of attorney effective immediately or spring upon disability. Uh, the, usually the reason why we say it's effective immediately is a good idea, especially if you're older, is because we don't know when that time comes uh, when we're disabled. Right. A lot of times, it, you might be able to tell when you're physically disabled, but when you're mentally disabled, let's say you have some stage of Alzheimer's, and by the way, don't forget this coming Saturday, the uh, Alzheimer's Walk in Dallas is on our October 3rd, mm-hmm. join Michael's Marchers. We hope that you'll be there uh, for and join us for the uh, Alzheimer's Walk to try to find a cure for Alzheimer's. But uh, a lot of times, you know, even when there is a disability, so we would like it to be effective immediately if you trust your agent. And if you don't trust your agent, they shouldn't be your agent to begin with. And, of course, with the power of attorney, you could always revoke it. If you don't like what somebody's doing, if they're starting to do something that is not appropriate, well, you could always change your mind. You could always revoke it. So, um, so, a, a, so a, there's a, a, a there's it's a statutory durable power of attorney is what you see with most people that covers many things. Um, so, for example, if you said real property transactions, that would mean things like there's an actual paragraph in the law that means sell, lease convey, hypothecate, mortgage, assign, all sorts of different uh, real estate transactions. And so the statutory language may cover like 10 or 15 pages of different things that you do because each one of the things on their logging list has a paragraph actually in the law. But notwithstanding that, there's certain hot powers or additional powers that you could have that are um, that the statutory language doesn't cover. 
and this is really important from an elder law attorney's perspective, than it would be more from the general estate planning perspective, because we often deal with public benefits. And with public benefits, we often have to do different things that might that you might not otherwise have in the estate planning world. So, for example, um, if you were, you know, with public benefits, you have to have limited resources. When I say public benefits, I'm not talking about Social Security or Medicare, which are also public benefits. But we're talking about things like Medicaid or veterans benefits, which were they look at, which are means tested. They look at how much assets that you may have or how much income you might have to be able to get that valuable public benefit. A lot of people are not may not realize that if they were a wartime veteran or if they're the widow of a wartime veteran and you have need assistance like with daily living activities, the government will help pay and pay just like Social Security. Um, they pay a certain amount each month uh, based on the fact that you are now disabled. It had nothing to do with the fact that somebody wasn't disabled during wartime. Uh, and similarly for Medicaid, uh, they also have rules that let's say there, there's 109 Medicaid programs, I should mention, in oh Texas dealing with Medicaid. Mm-hmm. Everything ranging from children's Medicaid to uh, long-term care Medicaid to breast cancer Medicaid to uh, all the foods. You know, there's different things like QMB, which is still takes care of your Medicare Part B premium, all sorts of different Medicaid programs. So in the elder law world, the um, which deals a lot more with public benefits, then we have to, it's, it's means uh, tested, they look at your resources and your assets. So we have to have some different provisions in the financial uh, attorney that gives us the flexibility to plan for those public benefits. So, for example, uh, since it's means tested, uh, we often have to have the ability uh, to be able to make transfers, to make gifts. Uh, so there are certain exceptions to the rules. For example, if you have a disabled child, normally if you make a transfer for Medicaid, they uh, could penalize you because they think you reduce your assets on purpose to get eligible for Medicaid. Mm-hmm. But let's say you had a disabled child on Social Security disability, or perhaps you wanted to set up a, an account for uniform transfers to minors. Uh, in other words, a, if you have a grandchild, let's say it was under 21, there are certain exceptions to the rules on transfers that we may want to take advantage of to go within the Medicaid rules. So therefore, unlike the typical financial power of attorney where there may not be uh, any gifting allowed, we want to give the ability to make certain gifts if we trust the agent so that we could qualify for those valuable benefits. You know, nursing home care costs are on the average, are about $6,500 a month. We had somebody in our office where the facility was $10,000 a month. And most people can't afford that cost of care. So we want, a lot of times, we want to try to get eligibility so the government may be of assistance um, uh, in those situations and go certainly go within the rules. So the ability to make gifts, whereas, um, and that gets into different types of gifts, you know, you know, some people a lot of times get confused with the, what's called the annual exclusion, where you can give away $15,000 a year per person without reporting to the IRS. That's different than the Medicaid rules, because on the Medicaid rules, they think, well, 
you make a gift on purpose to get eligible for benefits, so we're going to penalize you, Mm -hmm. although we have exceptions. By the way, just since we're talking about gifting there, I should mention that that's going to stay the same for year 2021. Um, That just came out uh, earlier this um, uh, here this last week in September. Uh, And uh, so just to let you all know uh, uh, that that's going to remain the same. Usually it goes up. It used to be Mm -hmm. $10,000, and it goes with inflation. Then it went to Mm -hmm. $11,000, $12,000, $13,000, $14,000, $15,000. Eventually it'll go to $16,000. But that's the annual exclusion has to deal with, you know, when more well-to-do people were reducing the size of their assets so that their estate would be smaller so that they wouldn't have to pay estate taxes. Is that a state, a Texas state uh, law for 2021, or is that a federal decision? No, that's federal. That's, that's federal. federal. So federal under federal gift tax laws, you can give away up to $15,000 per year per person mm-hmm. without reporting to the IRS. Uh, but technically, you can report and give away more in your, uh, let's say, it's equivalent to the amount that you can give at death. Mm-hmm. Right now, the federal level is $11,580,000. Most people don't have that amount of assets. And that amount's going up on January 1 of 2021 to $11,700,000. That was just announced uh, around September, I think it was around September 22nd or 3rd, Mm -hmm. somewhere around there, uh, like I said. So uh, it was just announced recently uh, about the limits for 2021. If Donald Trump loses and Joe Biden wins and Joe Biden decides that's too much, can he retroactively change that in 2021? Well, it probably wouldn't happen retroactive, but it could Mm -hmm. happen where you could lower the limits. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now, in 2026, January January 1st, 2026, the limit's supposed to be reduced to roughly half of whatever the limit was at that time. Mm -hmm. So let's say that the limit was $12 million dollars the limit will be go automatically down to, to $6 million, which is what I expect. Um, now, there you could change the estate tax limit. Uh, right now, we're not, you know, so it gets to another point, getting off the power of attorney thing about what laws could be changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, You and I have talked on several of these shows that we anticipate laws will be changed uh, because with the coronavirus, uh, the reader's got to be, you got to give someplace. Where will it be? Yeah. Is it going to yeah. be on estate taxes? Is it going to be on Medicare? Is it going to be on Social Security? Is it going to be on Medicaid? Mm-hmm. Is there going to be, you know, what's going to happen? I don't know. Is the tax rate going to go up? Is the capital tax going to go up? Right. Uh, all these types of things will be discussed, and it's a matter of which ones will be changed. We know there's going to be change. There's always change. Yeah. Whether no matter who's elected, there should be change. Yeah. Uh, whether it be retroactive, yes, it could be. Uh, if you want to go to the really far left, you could go to uh, Bernie Sanders' plan. Uh, Bernie Sanders, who uh, had suggested making it $3 million mm. uh, and with no inflation. So that would affect a lot more people. Uh, yes. When you think about, you might say, well, $3 million is still a lot to a lot of people, and it, 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 it is, but... Uh, when you think about maybe the value of someone's home, a life insurance policy, retirement accounts, sometimes those things add up more than you realize. So right. let's say you had a term life insurance policy for a million dollars, that would still be part could be part of the estate. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, you know, so whether there would be uh, 
taxes or not, you know, it just really depends on what that level will be. Yeah, it sounds very socialist of Bernie Sanders to want to do something like that, so I'm not surprised. And people like him want the uh, the wealthy or just the successful to pay more and to pay, quote, their fair share. But no one ever is able to define what they mean by fair share. It's always this ambiguous phrase, and then they'll study it, and then they'll slam the more successful people, which um, always is a bee in my bonnet, but that's not for this program. What is for this program is to promote the next workshop that Michael Cohen is going to hold. That is Saturday, October the 10th at 10 o'clock. It is free. It is online, meaning it's a virtual workshop where you never have to leave the comfort of your home. You could just sit in your living room with your laptop on your lap and engage in the workshop and ask questions about the simplest things. I mean, we talked about wealthier people being taxed a minute ago, and Michael talked at the beginning of the program uh, how the workshops are for um, government assistant questions as well as estate planning. But remember that uh, no matter how big or small your estate is, you should have questions because laws change, people change, relationships change, and so many other things do as well which should occasion you to at least sit in on this workshop for two hours, um, at least the one on October the 10th, which is a Saturday, or the next one, which will be a Thursday. Michael just doesn't have the date yet. So, Michael, we've talked about what goes on there, but anybody who has estate planning or government-assisted issues get to attend for free and ask a free question right there on the spot that Michael can answer. The beauty of this program, or one of the beauties, is that Michael does not read. I know that. I don't have to be sitting with him in his garage when he does this program or in his living room or at his office, wherever he may be. I know Michael has this committed to heart and to head and that he can just, everything you hear in this and every program, he's never reading. He's always telling you the facts because he's always self-educating, self-learning, and wanting to grow six, if not seven days a week. I know that for a fact, and that's why you should not rely on others to help you with your estate plan or government assistance, and you shouldn't do forms online. You should call Michael Cohen and attend his next workshop. So do that. Dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or just Google Michael Cohen, C-O-H-E-N, Attorney Dallas, and then you'll get his website, and you'll be able to sign up for the workshop that way. Now, Michael, once they attend the workshop, um, then they have a right to a free vision meeting. Can you explain that for the audience? First of all, thank you for your kind comments. I really, this is an educational purpose uh, mm-hmm. uh, idea of these workshops, and so I don't really want people to feel like uh, I, I want people to be educated, no matter right. who they go to. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yes, the, we for only for those people who do go to the free estate planning essentials workshop whether it be October 10th or the one on October 27th, which will be the one after that. The, we, we say that if you attend, then you get a free vision meeting. So then we'll look at your own individual situation even more in-depth than that you may have asked on uh, at the workshop itself. A lot of times people go in and start talking about their situation. The one that we had on September 24th, uh, they, we, there was anything ranging from questions about ladybird deeds to to uh, probate, so it was just a lot of different things. Uh, there's another one that was on veterans benefits and transfers and a look mm. back period, and mm-hmm. so it just really it goes all over the thing. And, you know, just like we're we, here, we are today. 
you started off by talking about powers of attorney, we had no idea we would be talking about gift taxes or the estate <laughs> tax limit. And that's the same type of thing that happens at the workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we start off and we see what people want to know, and somebody may want to know about power of attorney, and somebody else may want to know, well, what's the estate tax limit going to be here for year 2021, and how much can I give without having to pay any gift tax? And by the way, on that, something it's also a note uh, that people always get confused by. Usually people think that the one who receives the gift is the one that gets the has to pay the tax, right. but actually it's the one who makes the gift that is responsible for paying a gift tax. This goes back to the old days where people, before there was a gift tax, uh, you know, let's say it was the Rockefellers where they wanted to reduce the size of their estate so they paid no uh, estate tax or paid less estate tax. And uh, so they were trying to have those donors uh, either way uh, have to account to the IRS. Mm-hmm. So, in any event, uh, so anyway, if you do want to attend that next workshop, uh, that free estate planning essentials workshop, and then you do get a free vision meeting, which is another hour, so that's three free hours on whatever your issues might be on estate planning or public benefits, all you have to do is call that 214-720-0102 telephone number, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. A financial power of attorney is more than just a form. How else is that so? Yeah. So, you know, we just talked about, like, on the public benefits issues about gifting uh, as an example, but there's also the ability to create trust. A lot of times um, there's all sorts of different types of trust. So, for example, on public benefits that we just mentioned, that sometimes if your income is too great, you have to create a qualified income trust formerly known as a Miller Trust. To do that, you a lot of times banks won't let you set up an account unless there's the authority. Uh, so we often put in the financial power attorney the ability to create a qualified income trust or the ability to create any trust. It could be a revocable trust or it could be an irrevocable trust. Now, a lot of people don't want to put that in there for various reasons, but... We, in the Medicaid and veterans benefits world, a lot of times we want the ability to do some transfer planning, kind of like on the gifting, uh, with certain parameters that qualify under the Medicaid or veterans benefits rules. It could be the need to create, uh, There's here we just talked about an income trust, but there's also uh, what we call a trust that you can control to avoid probate. Uh, There's another type of trust that you can do to... uh, protect your assets subject to a look-back period for uh, Medicaid benefits. There's another type of trust that you could do for uh, veterans' benefits if you have a home and you plan on selling it. There's another type of trust that if you're, uh, there's what they call special needs, the ability to, uh, if you're the one applying for uh, public benefits and uh, you want to uh, reduce the assets, uh, depending on your age, uh, that... You have to be under 65 if you're creating a special needs trust. Uh, so this would give the authority to create a special needs trust or put things into what's called a pool trust. There's so many different types of trust. So we put language about all these different types of trust that can be created inside your power of attorney. Most, if not the great majority of powers of attorney, do not have that authority. Another thing that would be, uh, speaking of things like that, would be the that Lady Bird deed that we talked about uh, earlier uh, just a minute ago that was at the workshop. Uh, that is a deed to protect the homestead after your death. Uh, 
so hopefully uh, we would put something like that in there as well. Sometimes we have the ability to delegate, delegate authority. So let's say that your agent can't act. They're having surgery. They're out of the country. You could delegate to somebody, that person, you can get that person to delegate their authority to somebody else. So you could substitute or delegate powers. Uh, sometimes you could even have the ability to partition your assets, uh, depending upon uh, if you wanted to, or even have a divorce. I know that that sounds kind of crazy, but in, under Texas law, you could even show that you have your agent has the authority to seek a divorce for you if you've lost mental capacity. Uh, it, it could be that you want to deal with digital assets, you know, digital assets like Facebook or Twitter or Shutterfly or online accounts or cyber, uh, you know, the secure, cryptocurrency, rather, uh, anything like that. Uh, you could say that uh, in your financial power of attorney. You could also have things like um, changing your beneficiary designation. Of course, you have to be careful about these things, so you have to have the language that, that fits the way you want it to fit. But in other words, if you had an IRA and things changed and the beneficiary uh, maybe was getting some sort of public benefit, uh, maybe there's the authority to uh, change the beneficiary so that they don't lose it. Um, there could be uh, anything from dealing with, you know, dealing with um, partnership interest or perhaps um, some sort of uh, the ability to, if there's an existing trust, to be able to do things within the existing trust. Um, you know, it, the, 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 we even put in, because uh, sometimes there was problems, uh, if you're in a nursing home, they often bind you to arbitration, and mm. you want the ability to sue. We might put in a provision that said, that, well, we give you all these powers, but we don't have give you the power to be bound by arbitration. That we give you, you know, in other words, the agent uh, can't be bound if they sign that uh, nursing home admission contract, that they won't, they I give you all these authorities, but I don't give you authority to bind me to arbitration. So if the facility requires that you, the agent, sign and say something to the effect about arbitration, maybe you have the ability to still sue. Attorneys, uh, litigators often think it's better to be able to sue than to be bound by arbitration. They feel like they could get more funds yeah. uh, for, or be more successful through litigation yeah. than through arbitration. Uh, which is understandable, and um, that's how attorneys work. They get a bill by the hours. So, uh, we won't hold that against them. <laughs> I was going to say, it's those 98% of those bad attorneys that give us the 2% of us good attorneys a bad name. But we will hold it against the listeners of this program if they don't attend the next workshop. That is Saturday, October the 10th at 10 o'clock. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Don. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. 
Or you can also call him by dialing 214-720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770 KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 